This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the Podcast Arcade at O-Comic-Con Yeah, yeah. So many great people and creators and local, you know, celebrities and local stuff. But yeah, I'm having a complete blast. How about you, man? Uh, it's been an interesting time. This is the first time I've ever been at a con where I'm actually presenting and like being a person standing behind on the other side of the table. So it's been a uh, certainly a different experience for me. Yeah. But you've, you're kind of old hat at this, but yeah, this is yeah, it's definitely it, like a attrition. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, um, why don't we go ahead and get going? Get we've right got, into we've it. We've got a couple of things lined up. Yes. And the first thing is... Is recent is, sightings. Is recent sightings. Recent sightings. And there's the, there's the squirrel cage. We have that segment as well. We're going to talk about that. Recent sightings for us, uh, for Paranormal Dads. I came across this creature, uh, this cryptid, not personally, I wish I had, but uh, just doing some research online and also doing some other article reading, I came across a cryptid called the Fresno Nightcrawler. Has anyone heard of this thing at all? It's the legs. So, uh, Fresno Nightcrawler, and we go to the next, uh, next slide on that one, is that the video? Or? This is going to be the, the video, video coming The up. Fresno Nightcrawler, to give you a little bit of heads up, is a strange looking alleged creature. So, the quick backstory on this was that there was a gentleman in Fresno, California who was experiencing his dogs getting agitated and was getting irritated at this and decided to set up a camera at night to capture whatever was happening. He thought it was going to be people messing in his yard, something like that. He captures something on the camera that kind of defies logic and I don't want to put any like ideas in people's heads. So look at the video first and then we'll go from there. But it's a very strange looking creature. Okay. And we'll we'll go with the video right now. There we are. So this is just a little intro video from where we got it. So credit to the cryptid countdown for yes. providing us with the video. So like I said, this uh, gentleman had set up some security footage. These creatures were also sighted in um, Yosemite, Yosemite on a trail cam. So this wasn't even picked up on purpose. This was just something set up for just normal viewing. And they also saw these creatures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when you don't know what to expect and you capture something that you don't expect, 
It's very interesting. I believe this is the trail cam. This is the trail one. Yeah. So yeah, this was captured in Yosemite, Yosemite National Park. So this camera wasn't even really intended to pick up any creatures. It was just there as a way to kind of look at trails. The first creature you're going to see, people estimate it's about five feet tall. And the other one is just under two feet. When I first saw it, kind of looked like a Muppet to me. They like something you'd see on Sesame Street. They are, it's very interesting. And very stilt-like. I mean, the first, you know, the critical part of my brain is like, oh, it's a dude on stilts. But then you start doing like that math in your brain, like, well, okay, that one's only two foot tall. Um, there's not a person on top of those stilts. Their span is such that I don't know, there's no knee band. I don't know. There's a lot going on in this. Funky looking. Now, this was the newer one of the two. This was one of the original, which is why it's called the Fresno Nightcrawler. And uh, yeah, the origination of this kind of thing. So it's fairly recent. And the only other place anyone has reported seeing anything like this is in Poland. Yeah. No one has reported actually seeing these things in real life either. It's always been on, these, on the video cameras. It looks like a disembodied pair of hammer pants. It really, it really does. You literally can't touch this. As, as the, uh, we can get the lights on this. Thanks, Kaya. Use the glow sticks. Yes. And so this creature, uh, reading up on it a little bit, um, there is actual stories of this within some Native American lore as well. There's some actual carvings depicting a creature with very long legs with a tiny little upper body slash head. Um, so it's, it, it doesn't just stop at this current stuff. It actually does have some sort of connectivity to an older story of these types of creatures. There is everything from, and it's always something you have to leave on the table, this could be not real, it could be something that's not, you know, it's faked on some level, or on the other complete side of it, there are people who allege that these are actual entities that will allow themselves to be seen when they want to, kind of thing. Like, so these have the ability to camouflage, blend in, or even just make themselves kind of just kind of, you know, not be there when they want. Very kind of out there, but I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. Some of the possible explanations that, that people give are an undiscovered species or a cryptid, uh, a paranormal or sur supernatural creature, an extraterrestrial, uh, a pair of white pants being puppeted. It's hammer time. Hammer time. Yeah. Or some type of mutation. So a mutation of what? <laughs> a Muppet? What are they doing in Fresno That's that creates... I Walking hammer pants. No clue. I, the thing about this, like I said, <laughs> is like there's no, like you get into things like chupacabra, it's like a monster dog, or you get into Bigfoot, it's like a, a, a bigger version of a thing that we can already identify. Like this goes to a thing that I've never, there's no reference for this. Yeah, where do you, what do you compare it to? Like it's the most bonkers thing ever. If it is a prank, it's a pretty wicked one. Like, hey man, we should make a pair of pants. Walk across the backyard, it'll freak people out. <laughs> I just, I just don't. 
see it. But uh, like I said, digging into it a little bit further, there were some Native American carvings and statues depicting these types of creatures that they uh, go back hundreds of years. Um, uh, even simple little like, uh, like wood structures. Like, these like long trees, wood, uh, trees. Trees that have been like shaped. Formed, yeah, like sculpted, them. and then a little head on top. So it, it's, it's weird. It, it's just, it's funny. <laughs> so file that away under the recent sightings for paranormal dads. But... Uh, yeah, and I welcome any thoughts or stuff like that after we're done, too, just sharing anything like that. So, And with that, we'll move on to our next segment. It's time for Pop, Culture, and the Paranormal. Pop, Culture, and the Paranormal is the segment that we use to kind of talk about something uh, pop culture related to paranormal items such as uh, one episode we talked about Bigfoot and the six million dollar man uh, we talk about movies and things like that so this time being since we're at a comic book convention we mm -hmm. thought we'd talk about comics and the paranormal <laughs> the, the one thing that really stands out to me as far as comics books go are a set of comics that my mom bought for us we used to go up to Minnesota in the summertime and there were probably six kids in my family. We'd, they'd load us all into a van, and my mom would throw back into the back of a van a few packages full of these comic books. And uh, they were put out by a company called Gold Key. Anybody familiar with the Gold Key comics? Fabulous artwork on these covers. Um, they had a series called UFO Flying Saucers. And the, basically what they would be is you'd see an alien or a UFO or something, and then also humans just terrified out of their minds at what they are seeing. And, and just the artwork is just incredible. And the funny thing is a lot of the artists went uncredited for, for this artwork, and we'll, we'll kind of show some of that. Yeah. Some of the stories, or most of the stories that they did were actually came from UFO reports. And yeah. that, that's what was different about these. These weren't science fiction. It was, it was based on what is people believe to be true, true events, uh, and which is something that just made them even more scary. So uh, this first one, Kai, if you want to take the lights down a little bit, I'll, I want to kind of show, show off some of the artwork just so we can see it well. This is the one that really stood out in my mind. That's nightmare fuel. <laughs> That's all that is. You're a kid reading that on vacation? <laughs> I actually had this on the way to Minnesota. We were going up there to go fishing, of all things. <laughs> and here's these two dudes that were out at the lake. You can see their fishing equipment laying on the ground. Yeah. One of them's already passed out. Or and he's dead. Just Billy's being, dead. He's being carried in there by this alien. There's another two little aliens kind of roughing up the other guy and dragging him into the flying saucer. If you're listening to the show, you can look this up, just Google it, UFO flying saucers, gold key uh, covers. And just, this was the trademark of this series of comics. It would just show the terror that people had in their eyes. He kind of resembles Archie. I'm just gonna say it. They kind of <laughs> look like the Gamorrean guards from Star Wars yeah. in this one. You yeah. know, little short, shorter versions little of pig that. pig dudes. <laughs> Get on the bus. I don't wanna. <laughs> You know, this, this art style is also reminiscent to me, and, they, and obviously they, put, they did this for the Back to the Future movie, but he had that comic Weird Tales, 
Right. And, and, uh, and that's what scared his dad into, you know, asking Lorraine out to the dance. But the point <laughs> is, uh, uh, those, each one of these covers had like a, like a, just a scary thing happening on the cover. Here's another one. Look at that. Your house is gone. <laughs> so everybody's running into the house for safety. Here come the aliens walking down the hill. Right. You know. She's looking the wrong way. They're behind you. <laughs> Look at that. Now this is another one that gives you an insight as to the inside of what the aliens are looking at. It's like, oh, let's take this guy from down below so they have a little targeting computer the and heart, they can, the they heartburn can, gun. <laughs> they uh. can pick them up. The interesting thing about these covers is they they all kind of look a little different. They, you know, nowadays you think alien, you think the grays. You right. know, you're thinking about the little gray men with the big eyes, and they all kind of look the same. These, every one of these aliens have looked a little different so far. So back then... They were based on the descriptions people gave of abduction reports. Yeah. Right. They all look a little different. And that was one of the cool things about these comics. Like the dude at the bottom playing the Atari. Here's another one. Again, you got all the, the mom and the kids down below. And the alien, you can kind of see it from the alien's point of view. It's like, okay, let's take these ones out. Yeah. The art style is so fun, though. Like, this, this is such a throwback style that, that really kind of what... Is that like the um, Art Deco style? Or how would you... What is that phrase well, for this? Well, it was, it was... These books were made back in the late 60s. It started in 1968 and throughout the 70s. And the colors were really rich. But... But even for then, I think they were kind of hearkening back to the 50s, mm. you know, and some of the, the sci-fi movies that came out in the 50s. Kai, you want to get the lights? So, does, can anyone else uh, think of any comics that, that you remember, paranormal-related? I know I have a couple examples. Here's one of, of ghosts. You can pass those Here, around, too. Yeah, you can see this, this hand coming up out of the ground and grabbing the poor dog. and. And this is an actual one from that UFO flying saucers. I've got that one. Yeah, that, that's a cool one. This is another one that a friend of ours brought over this morning. He knew we were going to be talking about this, but again, it's just kind of that retro look to it. But um, yeah. The uh, Golgi, uh, they, uh, they uh, also did Star Trek. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that was. Same artwork, same, probably the same artists. Yeah, and that was one of their big lines, you know, before Star Trek was really, you know, Star Trek. Star Trek was still very new back then. Yeah. And uh, they did have the rights to do I the Star Trek. Do you really? Four, uh, big, the four thick, bulky comics. They also did Ripley's Believe It or Not. Um, they did, uh, there was another one. Um, Wasn't Weird Tales an actual book? I remember it being a book. I might it be It could off, have been. Yeah. It could have been. Boris Karloff was was another yes. one they did. They had some. My yeah. mom was a huge. Well, she was a horror fan anyway, so she was a huge fan of these things. And when she got done with them, of course, my brother and I picked them up and uh, read them. So that was probably some of our first. The know, first comics. First comics. And, you know, we didn't care for Disney. We didn't care for anything like that. When we went to go see movies, it was. It's crazy how a lot of these books, like you were saying before, and like what you said, these were, they were, 
done in a way to be entertaining, but they were also drawing off of people's personal experiences as well, you know, and, and off of accounts. And, and so that lent another air of, of uh, creepiness to the whole thing. It was like, this is, man, this is a problem, this is happening, I, I don't know. And I think the artwork had a lot to do with it too. Those covers were just so telling, uh, just so, uh, they just captured your imagination. And these comics would actually outsell DC and Marvel comics at the time, you know, so it, they were kind of a big deal back in the day. So if you ever, if you're out there on the floor and you're going rifling through, through books, you come across some of those, you know, pull them aside and just kind of look through some of them, read some of the stories. Actually, some of these stories you can find online and the entire comic book has been it scanned in and are on websites totally for free. You can read through some of these stories. Uh, they're a lot of fun to look at. Yeah, 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 I've actually seen them there, so. They're fun for kind of even just on a whole nother level as like art projects or inspiration for something. If you're someone working on a comic book or a story or anything in that, drawing off of some of this older material is such a neat way to kind of get re-inspired and stuff like that. I mean, I, I, I've used this for short stories and even like even podcast ideas. Thank you. Um, uh, just a lot of this art and the stories behind it is really kind of just uh, imagination fuel and nightmare fuel too. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, should we move on to our... We'll move on to the next segment. Main. Which is always our main mystery. mystery. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> and once again, we thought, how many people here are from Council Bluffs? How many people from Iowa? Wow. Seriously, no people from Council Bluffs here. Omaha? All Omaha people? Okay, Omaha people. Oh, no, well, no. Well, let's pretend a... we're all from Council Bluffs. <laughs> And we're going to support the home crowd today. And so the main mystery today, we're going to talk about haunted place, places in, in Council, Council Bluffs, yep. Iowa. Yep. So um, there's a number of places around. And if uh, I, I know you've been to a few of them. And we'll, we'll talk about what you've, you, you showed me earlier. Um, actually, the first place we're going to look at is called the Squirrel Cage. Which this, is not a scary name. No. It's not a scary name. <laughs> ah, squirrel. Kai, if you want to bring the lights down. <laughs> but yeah, its name does not do it justice because there's some, there's some history to this place. But the squirrel cage is, is the old Pottawatomie County Jail. It was valid until what, about 1969, I think it was? Yeah, I think it was the late, late 60s, early 70s when they retired it as a so, prison. So, yeah. So what it was is a, it was a jail that allowed you you could put in a number of different prisoners and there were, this one was special because it had three floors and there was a handheld or a hand crank that they would do and there would only be one entrance. And so these guys, their, their cells would always be facing the bars and as they cranked it around, if they needed to get a certain person out, they would crank it around and then eventually an open space would come. Like and a big gumball machine for prisoners. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and the prisoners could come out. Um, there's been a number of different uh, things that have, have gone on at this place, but probably one of the, uh, well, maybe I should let you tell the story because you were there. Okay. Uh, Basically, I was invited to go on a ghost hunt at the school kids jail back in February of 2013. So we get there, and uh, fortunately, I had gotten I've gotten to the place about three weeks earlier 
So I knew where it was, which was a good thing because a bunch of our a bunch of our group didn't know where to go. So I <coughs> basically rode in their car and you know took them to the place, and then everybody else followed. So we get there, and it's on Pearl Street, and about oh geez, I think it was like maybe about 20 people for that ghost hunt, and uh, everybody else was on the first floor. I went to the second and third floor and was doing what's called a baseline, basically taking yeah. photographs. And the photograph, one of the photographs, actually there was something in it which I didn't see with my own eyes at the time that I took the photograph. And that's uh, this image right here. We'll have to let that people see that at the end of this. There's a, basically yeah. a shadow person behind the bars. And if you look at the shape. Actually, that's on the second floor yeah. going But it's basically just a completely black figure that you see, uh, except for one hand is kind of exposed, and, and that's kind of like a grayish color. But uh, yeah, take a look at his his phone afterwards. It's 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 a pretty disturbing picture when you when you look at it. Picture until about a week later, when uh, our uh, the head of the UNL Paranormal Society asked everybody who had taken pictures, you know, take their SD cards out of their cameras, and we downloaded them to her laptop. She was looking through mine, and she comes up to me, and she goes, John, who the hell is this? <laughs> and I said, I don't know who that was. There was nobody on, everybody else was on, it was on floor one, and there are several other photographs that correspond to this, but nobody was on floor two but me. To give anybody a little bit, and just in case, I don't know if anyone knows this or not, but uh, shadow people is that phenomenon where you see a black figure that is not a shadow. There's the, the room is either well lit or it's dimly lit, so there's not a presence of a bright light to this cast a shadow, room, and there's a person shape in that room. This room was very dimly lit. This yeah. picture is light blasted from yeah. the original. Right, so it would make the shadow go away, not absorb. Well, right. yeah, well, the shadow, well, the picture was light blasted so that it showed up better. We did that in at UNO. There have been several processes that uh, will look at digital photographs. One using fractals, which was actually developed at UNO by the UNO UFO Club. Oh, wow. Yeah, they developed a, a special thing to tell whether or not an object has been inserted into a digital photograph. Mm -hmm. And my photograph was analyzed and uh, found to be authentic. I've heard about that technology because they can tell, like, when you take a subject and you actually place it in, even using Photoshop, what it does to the pixels. It actually, like, d damages them in a way when you put an, an alien, a foreign right. object from yeah, a photo, yeah. the you pixels around it. In there, it'll tell. Yeah. Now, uh, anyway, after uh, a while, uh, Squirrel Cage Jail contacted me because uh, when we did the reveal, they wanted to have the photograph as a, uh, you know, so that they could put it on display. I said, sure, no problem. You know, I was honored to have that done. And so they did it, and I think just recently, well, it was back in March, they asked, because they wanted to put the thing actually on a one of those uh, cards yeah so they asked me you know if i wanted that done and i said yeah I, again you know i would be honored that they would you know if they wanted to do that no problem because i want you know i wanted uh, you know as many people to see it as possible because we don't know what it is it's an actual photograph of something and it's known that a uh, 
either a police officer or security guard had died at the Squirrel Cage Jail. He may, he may yeah, there was, there was one, one, he was like the, the jailer, there was a jailer who lived there. Right, he lived on the floor. And they, they believe he might have, he might be the one who's still roaming the halls. Well, the photograph here shows a gentleman wearing a police officer's uniform because they've got on the one side to deal with the hand is. Mm -hmm. It's much more defined than on the other side. And you can see what look like patches. And they did, uh, the Squirrel Cage actually did some research and found that the patches correspond to patches worn by police and sheriff's deputies from the 1930s to the 1940s. That's cool. That's interesting. So, so uh, the Squirrel Cage is actually open for uh, tours. You can go there. I think it's uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Uh, they have set times that you can actually go and explore this place. So if you're ever interested in you know, taking a little excursion your, yourself, um, come on over to the Squirrel Cage. Our next stop is going to be Fairview Cemetery. And this is where you can find the Black Angel. Even though this picture probably doesn't do it justice, this, this angel is actually a dark color. Um, it, it was created uh, in honor of, uh, what's her name? I've heard it stories of this thing. I have never gone there. I'm not, I'm not born or raised here, but I, when I moved here, that's like one of the first few things someone had told me. You need to check out the black angel, you'll scare the death. <laughs> the statue is a memorial of Ruth Ann Dodge, who died in 1916. Uh, just days before her unexpected passing, Mrs. Dodge told her daughters of an angel who kept appearing to her in her dreams. To honor their mother's memory, the angel statue was sculpted in bronze in 1920. Since then, the figure has turned black. Legend has it the angel is cursed. So if you look into her eyes at midnight, they say, prepare for death to soon follow. So I wouldn't recommend that to anybody here. You know. That's <laughs> not, there is no like gray area in there at all, is there? There's not, <laughs> another and really bad day. One of the other eyes. things, uh, one of the other rumors is that if you hang out with her too much, you can become ill too. Oh. So, so uh, that, that's kind of her claim to fame, but. Uh, the Dodge family is, as we'll soon find out, um, was well known. He was General Dodge, had his residence in, here in Council Bluffs, mm -hmm. and uh, what was it? Civil, probably Civil War era yeah. uh, general. Um, so they were they were pretty well off. Had a very fancy mansion in Council Bluffs, which you can still tour to this day. So, uh, has anyone ever been over to see the angel? You have, you have. Handful. So. Where's the Fairview Cemetery? The Fairview Cemetery, uh, it's located, let's see if I got an address here. Sorry, it's not on the slide. It's actually at Lafayette North 2nd Street here in Council Bluffs. There you go. Know where so. you go. <laughs> go check it out tonight, guys. Let us know. <laughs> Just don't go around midnight. <laughs> you know where the phone building is on Canesville? No. Okay. Canesville's like main downtown, right? right? Yeah, it's right in the heart so of the city. Uh, there's a historic street that runs from uh, Kingsville to the north. I think it's 4th Street. It goes uphill, and at the top of the hill is Fairview Cemetery. Is it in Omaha? Okay. Council it's Council, Council Bluffs. Bluffs. Oh, okay. There's yeah. a Lafayette in, in Omaha, so. Okay. So the next one, since we're talking about the Dodges, we're going to go over to the General Dodge House. This is where Ruth Ann lived, and the General Dodge lived. 
Uh, this is at 605 Third Street. And um, General Dodge, uh, he lived there. He did not die in this house, which right. is kind of interesting. Right. But they say that sometimes people will die in other places, yet their ghost will haunt you know, maybe someplace that they have lived. That makes sense. I mean, if it's important to that person and they wanted to kind of like, you know, not leave it, I get it. But uh, apparently uh, an apparition of General Dodge has been seen numerous times by visitors in the house. Um, he's in the form of a ghostly shadow walking the hallways of the residence. Also, the smell of fire has also been reported or possibly the smell of smoke. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> How, if fire has a smell, does fire have a smell? I smell fire. Yeah, smoke? No. Usually it's smoke that you smell. But. Fire doesn't smell. <laughs> so, Depends on burning, I guess. So another strange occurrence that might happen there, if you stand in the middle of the street at dusk, some say you can hear the ghostly sound of two men arguing. And um, also there, there's like orbs you can see inside the window. Really? Yeah, so... You know, that's interesting. They say it's at dusk, though. It could just be the sun reflecting off, off the windows at that time of day. It's you know, if they're facing west. I will say, if you stand still anywhere long enough, you'll hear two people arguing. But what so. you, you, <laughs> well, what Especially you don't, at my house. <laughs> what you don't want to do, though, is stand out in the middle of traffic. Right. So if you're going to stand out in the street, be sure if there are no cars. If you're coming. really quiet, you'll hear cars honking at you. <laughs> All right, next we're going to go to the Union Pacific Railroad Museum at 200 Pearl Street. Um, the, the UP Museum has been completely restored and renovated, but it was once the town library. Uh, locals say that in the basement, books would often fly off the shelves and shadow, shadowy figures have been seen. Yes. So we're talking Ghostbusters. Yes, today, we are. <laughs> Every town, need, <laughs> every town needs a haunted library, <laughs> bottom line. Also, items would disappear only to turn up again later um, in the same place. Uh, the ghost is believed to be a former pianist who kept to herself, except when she took quiet strolls through the streets of Council Bluffs. Today, her ghost is most often seen walking up and down the museum stairwell. You're there to get so. some books. You're just trying to chill. Then you look around, there's a ghost just going up and down stairs. I mean, it's just... And then yeah. Ray Parker Jr. jumps in and... Yes, exactly. You hear the Ghostbusters. <laughs> thing. Wait, listen, so. do you smell that? <laughs> so has anybody visited any local... I mean, we can even open this up to Omaha because we had a lot of people from Omaha here, but any local hotspots as far as uh, ghosts or Activity anybody or done any kind of... Yeah. Uh, Jocelyn Art Museum. The old section. And I've heard that about Jocelyn yeah, as well. I saw a uh, shadow person in the basement. I've also heard of a shadow person at Sokol Hall, if you've ever been to Sokol Hall. I'm oh, really? Yeah. So, What's the uh, one park in Omaha that has the stairs? Hummel Park. Uh, Hummel Park. That is very haunted. Yeah, that, yeah. Is that the place with the, um, with the slides? Yeah. Like the stairs and the slides? And they got slides at home? Okay. That, uh, when people count the stairs, it's never the same number twice. That, that's that's another weird thing you hear about Hummel. Yeah. <laughs> that's so tough. 
So, and then also here in Iowa, not very far, just to the south of us, is the, and I'm going to butcher the name, is it Villisca? Villisca the Villisca Axe Murder, Murder House. Oh. Uh, a common, commonly known axe murder took place in this house. An entire family was murdered. Isn't that Council Bluffs? In, no, it's, it's no, Vall it's, Villisca. It's uh, like okay. south, east southeast. Red Oak. Okay. I came here about 50 miles from here late, so I don't know if you talked about this already, but the squirrel cage jail. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that, that was, was our first, first one. This is the. I've been there. Um, the the person there said that uh, um, they would people would smell this uh, this pungent smell and like oh it's like oh the ghosts of the prisoners there, but really it's because um, there's a lot of urine stains. Uh -huh. Urine over time crystallizes and it still smells. It's just kind of. So like it's just. I mean, like that's it's, a little bit debunked myth, but it's yeah. like, but like for a long time people were like, I can smell the the prisoner still. <laughs> if you take like, anything no, like, away, they just never clean the urine. <laughs> Urines can become yeah, crystals. Yeah. yeah. That's a photograph I took in 2013. So, but anyway, yeah. Um, so if you're ever looking for a good time, especially around Halloween, they you know the Omaha area, Council Bluffs area, uh, there's groups that put on. Uh, guided tours of haunted places around town and it's always a lot of fun Fremont you know even if you too. have older kids and you want to take them out it, it could be a, a good time for them you know you know i'd avoid you know taking the little ones but you know it could be a lot of fun or or you can go ufo watching or even do the bigfoot thing that we did but go down uh, to Font but Fontenelle there's a lot Forest of and, yeah <laughs> Fontenelle. yeah so so i guess at this point, we'll probably take any questions we'll anybody has, questions. whether about any of this or about paranormal stuff in general. Yeah. Did you see a Sasquatch? Ooh. We did good, not. That's a good question. We did not see one. Um, we heard some strange noises, but that was probably as close as we we got. There's a howl no and smells, no smells. And this is where it's interesting because, like, you really. You really, you know, we, we said before, like, we ride that weird line between total belief and, like, debunking everything, and that's no fun either. Um, and the, expo the experience we had, at least for me, left me kind of still really, like, not, like, tilted either way. But there was this one specific noise that we had heard, and I went on this coyote listening spree for weeks afterwards because a, a friend of ours, I'm like, man, we heard this really weird howl. Like, I've never heard anything like this in my life. Not that I'm this huge outdoorsman or anything, but I've heard several, you know, animal howls, and this one was very unique. And then he's like, it's coyotes. I'm like, really? Because it didn't sound dog-like or anything. Nope, coyotes, they make weird noises. So I went on this crazy, like, week-long binge of listening to coyote howls on YouTube, and they sound weird. I mean, they even sound like little kids and babies. They have weird noises, but nothing sounded like this. And we, we did hear plenty of coyotes when we were out yeah. there. You know, we were doing, it's pretty much run kind of, we were out there with the BFRO, and it was pretty much run like, you know, the show Finding Bigfoot. It was very where, much like Bigfoot. We, we were down in the Ozarks where we, we were, when yeah. we went on ours. Make a suggestion. Uh, look on YouTube for barred owls. Okay. This and was... Uh, they, they make some very, very strange... I'll have to listen to it because I'm, I'm open to anything. Uh, so far, nothing has tilted me. But it was a, the noise, and then we also at one point had a sizable rock 
hucked at us. And, <laughs> and, and it's one of those things that happens and your brain starts doing things like, okay, that could have been a person. All right, well, I'm being actively lied to. And, and like, I don't like to go straight there because that's like, then, then it's like, okay, well, then this is, why am I even here? And even getting into that, like where we were was random. Like we didn't tell anybody where we were going. It wasn't like we had mapped this out. There was none of that. And so you start getting into the logistics of trying to fake that. They've got 10,000 peoples in the forest. You know, it's like, no, it doesn't make sense. And as I started stripping away different like logical breakdowns, I'm like, something just threw a large rock at us. And I don't know how, I don't have an answer what that is. And, and that was a time when the three of us went off together. On our own, so that we, was that was really kind and we of had weird. Some, that, we, yeah, we didn't tell them we were. We kind of broke protocol. It, it was kind of like <laughs> it, we we were down underneath underneath a bluff, you yeah. know. So it, there was high ground above us. It wasn't like we were just walking in the woods and all of a sudden a rock came whizzing by our heads or anything. Yeah, yeah, it was so, interesting though. Yeah, it landed. It was, it was weird. We were on the Missouri side. Yeah, we were right. I mean, we were like right on the border. Border. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm open. I'm open to pretty much, yeah, but this was, yeah, a couple of weird things, and the experience itself was cool. I mean, I'd never been, like, that remote in the dead of night, and just seeing literally, like, the Milky Way, and just all sorts, it was a fun experience, either way you slice it, but a couple of, couple of weird things. incredibly dark out there at night. You know, you watch these shows, like, Finding Bigfoot and stuff, it's like, what do you expect to see walking around there in the dark? Because Bigfoot could be standing right in front of you. And I couldn't even see my hand in front of my own face. We almost walked off so, a ravine at one point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. There you so. go, Paranormal Dads. Yeah. Um, this is uh, kind of random, but have you ever heard of the Fresno Nightcrawler? That, that's that was you, the first thing we talked <laughs> What's about. What's happening? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, that, no, no, that's amazing. Like, that's just a random little tiny. But I just, like, that, like there's so many videos of these things. Like, how yeah. do you explain that? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we actually just watched the video. We'll fire it, it up again yeah, for you before you, you leave. Yeah, again, that was. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, that, that's, that's a synchronicity that's okay. thing right there. Look at that. That's, like, so, like, so, like, out there. It's funny you dialed in on that. Yeah. What for each of you? Ooh, I'll let you go first. I think I know what it is, but I'd probably have to see Bigfoot. Um, for for me, I mean, I growing up, and and for me, a lot of it kind of relates to the pop culture kind of side of it. Um, I grew up in the '70s, and so you had Bigfoot on Six Million Dollar Man. You had um, you had Bigfoot in the movie theater. There were actually quite a few movies in the '70s with Bigfoot as as the focus. Um, so that that was probably right. Yeah, that was a very good one. Yeah, and that was probably one of the, that. That was probably the one that really tripped it for me. You know, kind of piqued my interest. But I'd have to say it was Bigfoot, Bigfoot would be mine. Yeah, and, and yours is like culturally and paranormal, <laughs> and it just it goes all sorts of weaving, weaving in. Um, mine, I, you know, I have written. You know, um, mostly a skeptical line for a lot of my life and only in the past 10 years or so that I kind of start leaning a little bit more towards that's kind of strange when things happen to you outside of what you can kind of explain when your senses fail you eventually you kind of start questioning things and uh, I had a series of um, I had an experience and I shared this on the podcast a couple a few episodes back but I'll share it here too what tilted me back um, I called it the tap and I I was Everything in my life was fine. Nothing was weird. I wasn't experiencing abnormal stress, but um, I would go to bed at night and I started hearing rhythmic tapping right on the wall right by my head. 
when I would lay down, right by my head, just like that. And it was, and every time it was like five taps. Yeah, just like that. It was five every time. And I got to the point where I counted them. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, and, and it was enough that as I started to fall asleep, you know, you're laying in bed, you're doing the, you know, the parent thing where you're going over everything in the day and tomorrow I got to do this and this and this. And, and as I'm going through, I start drifting off to sleep. And as soon as I started to get to the edge of sleep, the tap would wake me up. And, then, and, then, and, then. and, it, and it happened enough times that I started to kind of like dread it. Like, and it was weird, like it's a tapping. And it was almost like that Edgar Allan Poe poem. <laughs> And I'm like, what? Am I going insane? Is this how people go crazy? Because I think I'm going crazy. And so I laid down, and it sounds so weird. And I realize I'm probably like throwing out my credibility. Whatever, I don't care. It happened, for real. So I laid down, and I got sick of it. I was like, it was going on for a couple of weeks, uh, like several times during the week. And so the tapping resumed, and I did do the debunk thing. Like, I go outside, I look at my house, and there's like no trees near my house at this time. This is in my old house. No trees, no nothing. Um, I live on a sec. My, my bedroom is on the second story. Someone's got to be on a ladder tapping on the wall on the outside rhythmically. I mean, so many levels to that that doesn't make sense. And then, and right by my head, like you know, I can tell it's happening right there. So finally, I just got fed up, and I just said, I just said, stop it. I just uttered the word, stop it out loud, be done. I'm just over this, and it it stopped. It stopped, and it never happened again. Uh, no, she would be dead asleep. My wife goes to sleep in two seconds. She lays down, and I'm looking over at her like, do you hear this? And she's dead asleep, you know, and I'm like, great. She doesn't hear this. I, would, I told her about it, and every time, like, she'd be like, I'm going to stay up and try to listen to this, and every time she'd fall asleep. It was like, it was like a movie. I'm like, oh, she's never going to hear this. And, and, I mean, she believes me. I wasn't just making it up for anything. But, but it was the strangest thing I've ever had, like, happen, like, on a real, real, like, like, like base level. And then I just kind of just vocally reached out, and it just stopped. And I'm like, Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> that's going in the bucket there. I don't know what to do with that one. Um, so for me, it's probably ghosts. That's the thing that really kind of like, and I'm not sure like, like intelligent ghosts or just a, a residual thing. I don't know, but it fascinates me because I don't have any reason to understand what that was all about, other than me losing my mind, which is still on the table. But <laughs> and I think if we had to guess what Andy's was, I bet oh you he would say like reincarnation. It's probably one of his big like Yeah, I would, I would guess... Definitely reincarnations or, or ghosts or, Ghost, or spirits, yeah. Yeah. something like that. Some of that vein. So. What's just be dead wrong? He's like, no, it's the Baba Yaga. <laughs> no, Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> Loch Ness Monster, dummies. I love that. Anybody um, else? Yeah, we're getting towards questions? the end. Any other questions here? Any other experiences anybody wants to throw out there? Oh. Sure, I have. happened twice. One in Hershey, Pennsylvania, in an old farmhouse. Uh, it's like a, like a kid's school for like kids who are at home and all that. Yeah. My parents were house parents, and there's a section for the, our family, and it was over 100 years old, I guess. A uh, farmhand died there, and somebody committed suicide down in the basement there. But one night I was sleeping in there, and all of a sudden I got like pressure on my chest, something like sniffing all over me, and I was paralysis. I couldn't move at all. And that happened multiple times. Really? How old were you? Uh, probably about 23. Oh. So, and the second time was here at the soda. I was camping, and it happened the same exact thing. Oh. On the ground camping, same exact scenario. That is crazy. Have you looked up sleep paralysis? That's a. I looked it up. Yeah. But I mean, I don't look in the noise. Yeah. And then there's the pressure, like feeling something on top of me. And you're awake. Nice. I'm awake. Wow. 
That's going to be on the next episode. I want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Well, and that's a, that's a, that's a a situation that you read a lot about. You know, in ghost experiences, people feeling pressure on them, either you know, running a finger up somebody's foot, or you know, just the pressure on your chest, and uh, you know, people actually feeling stuff when they're laying in their bed. It's, it's creepy. It's probably yeah. Like that's probably what they're describing, like, you know, a nightmare sitting on your chest, you know, like, because it's supposed to be like, if you have a nightmare, it's because, like, either, like, a demon or, like, a horse is, like, sitting on you, like, that's the, like, legend or something, but that may have, like, been inspired by that kind of experience. My goodness. That's crazy. Well, on that note, <laughs> go forth. <laughs> uh, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. And please feel free to look this stuff up, comment, uh, uh, share your stories with us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter as well. Um, uh, also, we, we've, got, we've got some cards up here that have our contact information. If you want to uh, listen to our show, uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, take a listen. Take a listen.